the fact that being trans is acknowledged, whether it's accepted or not, is a starting point. And so what I'm trying to do is to put a face for people about our LGBTQI plus community and specifically the trans community. I've had students tell me that their ability to be out or to be themselves in school has been in part because of my visibility. The common denominator was connecting with people through a profound authenticity. Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Greg Gordon. Uganda lawmakers criminalize coming out in a new homophobic law. High courts in Bolivia and Nepal open doors to marriage equality and an all-star salute to the trans day of visibility. Those stories and more this week now that you found This Way Out. I'm Sarah Montague. And I'm David Hunt. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending March 25th, 2023. Uganda has once again passed an anti-homosexuality bill, the lowest point yet in its long-running campaign against LGBTQ people. MPs applauded passage of the 2023 version on March 21st. Speaker Anita Among demanded a roll call vote to expose any lawmaker who opposed the measure, so the tally was almost unanimous. Private consensual adult same-gender sex is already punishable by up to life in prison in the East African nation. The new bill even criminalizes coming out as LGBTQ, Anyone found guilty of the promotion, recruitment, and funding of queer supportive activities faces jail for up to 10 years. Citizens are required to report LGBTQ people or same-gender couples to the police. The death penalty for aggravated homosexuality that sparked a global outcry in 2014 is resurrected in the new bill. Back then, Uganda's Supreme Court overturned it on a technicality. President Uerwe Museveni is expected to sign the bill into law. His unconstitutionally elongated tenure has become infamous for his anti-queer remarks. Most recently, he accused Western nations of trying to impose their practices on other people. Prominent queer activists in Uganda, like Friend Mugisha, condemned the bill, but like now U.S.-based Kasha Naba Chesera, they may need to consider leaving Uganda for their safety. Naba Chesera told Pink News that the queer community there is shaken, worried, and scared. Namibia's Supreme Court has overturned a lower court ruling that granted citizenship to the son of a binational gay couple. Namibian native Philip Lull and his Mexican husband, Guillermo Delgado, have a child born in South Africa via a surrogate. The March 20th decision denied the child Namibian citizenship based on technical grounds. The couple did not register the birth with Namibian authorities within one year, as required by law. Attorney Uno Kachipuka expressed her disappointment for the parents outside the courthouse. All they've done is uh, push the can or kick the can down the road to live to, I don't know, consider these things in another day. But in my opinion, it's very unfortunate and uh, not the sort of thing we expect to see from our Supreme Court. LGBTQ rights activists were assaulted in the Serbian-run Bosnian city of Banja Luka on March 18th. Officials had banned a planned Pride event for security reasons. 
the activists were leaving a meeting at the local office of the Bosnian branch of the global anti-corruption group Transparency International. They were chased down and assaulted by a few dozen men. Their attackers shouted anti-queer epithets as they punched several of them. At least one activist required medical attention. Police claimed to still be searching for the perpetrators. Bosnian Serb President Milo Radodic denounced activists trying to express LGBTQ pride. He urged official bodies to prevent them from gathering both in closed venues and in the open. Banja Luka Mayor Drasko Stani Vukovic said that the LGBTQ community should stay in Bosnia's multi-ethnic capital, Sarajevo. He says that Bosnian Serbs cherish patriarchal traditional families and are clear about our faith and identity. The Supreme Courts of Bolivia and Nepal have each ordered the legal recognition of same-gender couples. Bolivia's Constitutional Court approved free unions on March 21st. They carry all the rights and obligations of marriage for same-gender couples. Some observers predict that between the Bolivian Constitution and the rulings of the Inter-American Court of Human Rights since 2017, activists would be able to win full marriage equality in the future. Nepal's Supreme Court ordered the government to open civil marriage to same-gender couples on March 20th. Local sources say the judges decided the Constitution of Nepal does not discriminate on the basis of gender or sexuality regarding the enjoyment and practice of any rights or privileges. The World Athletics Council banned transgender women from elite track and field competitions this week. It was predictable based on the recent action by its counterparts in swimming. Meanwhile, this week, Wyoming became the latest U.S. state to ban transgender students from competing in girls' or women's sports. The Republican-dominated legislature approved a bill to ban trans women athletes in the 8th through 12th grade levels. Republican Governor Mark Gordon called the measure draconian, but let it become law without his signature. Arkansas's Republican governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, signed two anti-trans bills this week, passed by her state's Republican-controlled legislature. One allows anyone who received gender-affirming care as a minor to sue their doctor for malpractice up to 15 years after they turn 18. The second bill forces trans students and staff to use campus bathrooms and other gender-segregated facilities based on their birth certificate gender. This bill harms me in an unforgivable way, and you're doing harm to the body and to Nebraska as well. A bisexual Nebraska lawmaker with a transgender son did not mince words this week. When a bill to ban gender-affirming care for young trans people advanced in a legislative committee, Democratic Senator Megan Hunt vowed to filibuster every bill that comes to the floor in her chamber in retaliation. Don't say hi to me in the hall. Don't ask me how my weekend was. Don't send me Christmas card. Take me off the list. You want welcome in my space? You aren't a safe person for my child to be around, or any child, frankly. Kentucky's Democratic governor, Andy Bashir vetoed two anti-trans bills this week, one to ban gender-affirming care for trans young people, and another to force trans people of all ages to use public bathrooms that correspond to their birth certificate gender. However, the Republican-dominated state legislature could override his vetoes in the coming week. Kansas Democratic Governor Laura Kelly vetoed a bill this week to ban trans girls and women from athletic competition for the third consecutive year. The Republican-dominated legislature could also override her veto. Utah Governor Spencer Cox signed a measure to ban conversion therapy for minors that was unanimously approved in both chambers of the legislature this week. 
It's a rare departure for Republican-controlled states. Violators face a hefty fine and jail time. Right-wing opponents of both transgender existence and drag queens are becoming increasingly violent. When anti-queer MP Mark Latham was scheduled to speak at St. Michael's Church in the southwest Sydney, Australia suburb of Belfeld on March 20th, peaceful LGBTQ-supported protesters gathered outside. They were assaulted by a group of violent far-right men in Christian Lives Matter t-shirts. The attack went down as promised by attacker Christian Sucker in a social media post the day before the event. There is only one way, and that way is to grab them, and you drag them by their f***ing hair, and you f***ing get them out of there. You go there tomorrow, and you shake them up, and you drag them by their f***ing head, and you remove them from, 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 from St. Michael's Billfield. The local activist group Community Action for Rainbow Rights posted scenes from the violent confrontation on social media. Police officials confirmed a few arrests of the violent far-right Christian men. Others are still being sought. Meanwhile, inflammatory British anti-queer campaigner Kelly J. Keane Minshall has been touring other Australian cities to promote her anti-trans rhetoric. Several Victoria officials expressed their shock to see black-clad Nazi-saluting supporters with the woman known as Posey Parker when she spoke outside Parliament House in Melbourne on March 18th. Aboriginal Australian Independent Senator Lydia Thorpe tried to storm the stage when Parker headlined an anti-transgender rally in Canberra. Thorpe was wrestled to the ground by police officials. On-scene video shows the rough arrest, which Thorpe calls an assault that should be criminally prosecuted. Thorpe told The Guardian Australia, As a sovereign black woman, I've come to let these people know they are not welcome in this country. Finally, members of the far-right U.S. militia group Proud Boys got more than they bargained for this week. They tried to protest a drag queen story hour reading at a Manhattan-area LGBTQ center hosted by New York State Attorney General Letitia James. The violent rhetoric from the anti-drag mob pales in comparison with the message coming from the presentation inside and the drag defenders in attendance. God only knows what you're, you're reading to them. Are they twerking? Are the drag queens twerking in front of them? You will meet many people and go to many places. You can always find something to love about yourself, the world, and everyone in it. You're spreading pedophilia. Love yourself and love the world. The end. Love, Todd. At least one anti-drag protester was arrested. Gay New York City Council member Eric Botcher was there to celebrate the drag queen defending activists. I just want to thank all the supporters who came out today. We are overwhelming their hate with love and support and positivity. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending March 25th, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the globe. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappell, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. 
Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Sarah Montague. Stay healthy. And I'm David Hunt. Stay safe. listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter, email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information about how you can give is online at thiswayout.org. Thank you. March 31st is the International Transgender Day of Visibility. The four featured guests from our 2022 series on trans issues embody the visibility theme. Hi, I'm Roger Q. Mason. I am a black, Filipinx, plus-size, gender non-conforming queer artist of color. And this is Queerly Yours, Profiles in Courage. Ricky Nathanson. The reason I now live in the United States is because I was, I fled the country. I left Zimbabwe and a fear for my life, having um, sued the government of Zimbabwe over a wrongful arrest that happened to me in 2014. Um, and to cut a long story short, I was arrested for, for simply going for using a, a, a female restroom at a, at a hotel. Yeah. And then it turned out to be a huge media frenzy. I was in jail for three days, for two days and three nights, and I was mm. I was very traumatized. It really was not the best of situations for anybody. Uh, with that, I sued the government, I sued the police, and that led to to them um, really trying to kill me. At the end of the day, so oh my god! Yeah, in twenty eighteen, I left Zimbabwe, and I actually I came to the United States. I'd been back and forth that year. Uh, I came for um, the Out Summit with Outright Action International, for whom I work uh, now work. Yeah. And I didn't go back because when in my absence, they were looking for me and they wanted to know when I was coming back. Um, they were really, really ready to um, pick me up at the airport when I landed. So I didn't go back to Zimbabwe, and I'm sitting here today in the United States. I am getting chills just thinking about this. And also, like, you are such a badass in the best way. <laughs> Suing the government. And I love it. I did. I did. I, I know I'm a very, I'm very tiny. I'm only five foot four. I'm not very big. Um, but I, I think I have a really big personality. And I, and, in, and especially when I, when I, when I know I'm right and I'm, and I'm doing the right thing for the right cause and I'll stand up and I'll fight until, I don't know, until the dogs come home. What you're describing is, is literally life-threatening and frightening. Do, do you think that there has been any change at all since you left Zimbabwe for the States in these last five years? So, you know, really, so strictly speaking, there has been very small steps. Um, I do know, I still have contact with, with activism and activists back in Zimbabwe. There have been discussions um, with officials, government officials, and um, medical service providers to see how best trans people can be accommodated in Zimbabwe. But it really right. is. I mean, there still, they still is no legal gender recognition. And that, as you know, as any, any human being knows, that one needs to have an identity document that reflects what you look like. Right. Because by not having it, it really means that you cannot access in employment. 
education. So all those are all the issues that people are still facing, in, uh, trans people in Zimbabwe are still facing. They can't even open a simple bank account because they just don't look like, you know, they, what their ID says they are. So if they may be looking like a woman and the ID says that they are male, then that causes major, major problems. I mean, so literally they are erased from participation in society because if you can't go to school and you can't work, you literally are completely fringed from society. Correct. And then you wonder why is it that so many trans women turn to things like sex work? They need right. to survive. And then why do they, why is this, why is this such a huge HIV um, infection right. women is because they are forced to do so to do work that they should really not be doing if they right. had they had an ID that that reflected who they who they truly are. And and to be honest with you, I mean, although certainly not to the same extent yet, we'll say you know because who knows where the United States will will go. What did you find were sort of the differences between the way transness was identified and protected or at least acknowledged versus when you were living in Zimbabwe? Oh, certainly. I mean, I mean, the fact the fact that transness or transgenderism or being trans, whatever term you would like to use, is acknowledged, be it whether it's um, accepted or not is a starting point, right? So you are seen as being an individual. Fortunate enough to, I'm fortunate enough to be living in a state which is pro-trans. I have been able to live and work as myself. And uh, interestingly enough, I went to a a pride um, function at the home, at the the Secretary of State in DC by Anthony Mm -hmm. and And he said he wants to make sure that everybody brings their whole self to work. And that's how I felt. I felt I'm, like I'm able to bring my whole self to the table, be it work, be it in the street, be it what I, what I give to society. And it, it's so worrying to see the rollback in trans rights across the states that, that are doing it. So that's a big, big, big worry. And one of the main attractions that, that, that we have as, as immigrants coming to the U.S. and especially coming from a situation like I previously was in, the land of milk and honey, right? This right. is where I'll go and I'll be myself and I'll, I'll change my gender marker. I'll have hormones, surgery, uh, all these things, and I will be the best person that I am. And then this happens. So it really is right. a big worry. Ricky Nathanson, you are a true global treasure. The brilliant science educator and transgender rights visionary, Sam Long. Well, one, that Denver is a good place for me to be, uh, especially the school that I'm at now. I think I'm in a great place to continue to build on what I've done. And uh, honestly, there are a lot of places that I wouldn't want to be teaching at this right. time. Uh, so I'm glad to be where I am in Denver, and I hope that I can do a lot more when it comes to representing have, and supporting trans people here. Have you noticed any students that have sort of come out to you or come up to you and said, hey, you know, because of you, I feel more comfortable? Uh, yes, I've had students tell me that their ability to be out or to um, be themselves in school has been in part because of my visibility. Let me ask you this. Why is it, do you think, that we're so 
adamant about maintaining this notion of the binary? What does who does that serve and what purpose does it serve when clearly scientifically this no such thing in the same way that we sort of regulate and police people through it? Right. There's no such thing as a, a binary when it comes to the uh, gender that we present or when it comes to the physical sex that we develop as biological beings. Um, the idea of a binary is a model that's no longer useful in a lot of ways. It's a model. You can think of the world as a binary, but it's not going to serve you well. And so what it does when students continue to learn about binaries is that it alienates students who don't fit into that binary. Mm -hmm. And it makes students feel, well, I'm not a, lot, not a part of science. I'm not a part of the way that the world is described. So I must be an other and I'm going to uh, tune out or I'm going to find other places other than school to be myself. And it's my mm. hope that students can find school as a place to be themselves and to grow themselves. Sam Long. You know, when you were sworn in, for so many of us who are transgender nonconforming, you were a beacon of hope because there you were as an out trans person representing us and our healthfulness. What are your hopes? for trans and gender non-conforming Americans in the years to come. U.S. Assistant Secretary for Health, Admiral Rachel L. Levine. You know, um, so I understand the concerns um, that our, our members of our community have, especially in those states that are taking these uh, politically motivated um, negative actions and, and promoting these negative laws. You know, why do, why do people, why are they doing that? Uh, as you mentioned, I think a lot of it is politically motivated. I think other people do react with fear. Mm. I think that people tend to fear what they don't understand. And they think that these issues of sexual orientation or gender identity are, are, are beyond their experience. I and mean, that's their impression anyway. Mm. Um, so, you know, I go back uh, um, to my youth and to Yoda um, and Star Wars, right? He says that fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads oh. to anger. Anger leads to hate and hate leads to suffering. And so what I'm trying to do is to put a face to, for people to about our, our LGBTQI plus community and specifically the trans community that, you know, here I am at the, as the Assistant Secretary for Health. I'm an admiral in the United States Public Health Service Commission Corps, and I'm working to protect the public health and to work towards the common good. And that people in our community, that's what we do. Yeah. We're just trying to work towards the common good. We might be teachers. We might be doctors and lawyers. We might do communications. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we, we might work in a restaurant, but we're just yeah. trying to live our lives and to help people. And that's what we're trying to do. There's no reason to fear us. And it doesn't lead, need to lead to these negative, these negative emotions. Um, I think that we will be successful. You know, now yes. I'm a positive and optimistic person. I choose to be a positive and optimistic person. Yes. And I think we will work past these setbacks that that we're having these challenges that we're having and under under this president and this vice president that we will continue to make progress um, in our community and make progress towards equality what is one thing that we as transgender nonconforming folks can do to protect ourselves and each other and what is one thing that our allies can do to help us in this fight to defend our rights to our own bodies Mm -hmm. I think that we need to advocate and not just at the federal level. We tend to think federally, but I think it's critically important to advocate at the local level 
and you know at the at the state level. Um, I think that we need to work with with local trusted local leaders, whether they're in the, in the medical field or business leaders in the communication field and others, and work um, to, to, to uh, gain trust and then work with, uh, with our community and our allies uh, to, 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 to make progress at the local and state level and then at the federal level. What would you say to a young queer person today about the future of our people? I again, I'm a positive and optimistic person, and I think the future for our community looks brighter. Admiral Rachel L. Levine. Dorian Wood is a multidisciplinary artist who is based in Los Angeles. They are a composer, a singer, a visual artist, and they've performed all over the world. When I realized that both in the people that I admire and in whom I wanted to be, the common denominator was connecting with people through a profound authenticity that mm-hmm. that really uh, resonated more with, like I said before, the urgency of individuality and to shine a light on that, that like, yes, there is, you know, there are categorizations of audience, uh, you know, on one side and, you know, artists on the other on a stage. And to me, every live experience is a collaborative one where we're each creating a moment that we can take, you know, for ourselves and do what we want with it. But I know that I have been touched as a spectator in shows when that's the case, when I'm not just there listening to music or watching someone perform, when I'm invited into the experience to create a moment that resonates um, beyond who we are and yet acknowledging of who we are individually. So I, and I, I really aim to find that in every situation that I present work, be it music, visual. You better speak on that, child. Dorian Wood, folks the one and only and how blessed we are in this lifetime to be spending and sharing time, space and opportunity with you. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to join me today on Queerly Yours. We are all so much better for it. And from my heart to yours, to everyone out there listening, stay queer, stay curious and stay with it, darlings. I'm Roger Q. Mason for this way out. Thanks for finding This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. 
News Wrap was reported this week by Sarah Montague and David Hunt and produced by Brian DeShazer. Queerly Yours, Profiles and Courage with Roger Q. Mason was produced by Brian DeShazer and Roger Q. Mason with music and technical assistance by David Gonzalez. Creedence Clearwater Revival and Dorian Wood performed some of the music you heard and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This way, our thanks listener donors John Beaupre and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Thanks again. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For associate producer Lucia Chappelle and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. We thank you for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on 2SER Broadway, New South Wales, WWUH, West Hartford, Connecticut, KKFI, Kansas City, Missouri, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.